Welcome to Water for Fighting, where we discuss the past, present, and future of water in Florida with the people who make it happen. I'm your host, Brett Cyphers. I've spent over 20 years working with and getting to know the people who've made water their life's work, and I created this podcast to allow you, the listener, to get to know them as well. Before we get to today's special guest, I want to give a shout out to podcast reviewers Aragon349 and Elizabeth Aaliyah. Aragon, thanks for listening. I'll keep working hard to bring good people and their wealth of experience to you, so stay tuned. And to Elizabeth, those folks out west are lucky to have such a brilliant attorney and professor to learn from, but we miss you back east, so come see us soon. Now on to the conversation. I think you're going to like today's guest, Lyle Siegler. Lyle is currently the executive director of the Northwest Florida Water Management District, but he also happens to be my dear friend. He's a native of Walton County in the Panhandle, with his family being from the county's original county seat, a place called Uchiana. He's the son of a lifelong fish and game warden, and he's dedicated his entire career to public service and roles such as county administrator for Walton County. However, he spent most of his career with the Florida Department of Transportation. Lyle, what a unique pleasure it is to have a conversation with you today. Welcome, my brother. It's a pleasure to be with you, Brett. Thank you for the opportunity. Lyle, do you say that you grew up in Uchiana or Defuniac Springs? Uchiana. Uchiana it is. We'll hold true to the original settlement and the county seat. My mother's family were Scottish Presbyterians, and they settled there. Uchiana was the county seat beginning in 1845, and that was the year that Florida received its statehood, up until 1885 when the courthouse burned, and it probably comes as no surprise to you being in Walden County. It was an act of arson. The county seat then moved to the Funiac Springs. My grandmother's maiden name was McLean. That's important because Daniel McLean was a resident of Uchiana, and in 1847, he served as president of the Florida Senate. I love people hearing stories about uh, these places in Florida that they probably don't know much about. Um, everyone, I think, that at least that lives in North Florida knows Defuniac Springs, but I bet they don't. I, but it's you and you and Brad Drake are the only folks that I know of that talk about Uchiana and it being the original county seat, you know, outside of, outside of here. Brad Drake and now Representative Shane Abbott and I hail from Uchiana. That's right. That's right. Um, well, I mentioned in the introduction, you're the son of a fish and game officer, right? Absolutely. Dad served 32 years with what was then the Florida Game and Fish Commission. He was also a colonel in the Army National Guard, right? Very much so. He was very much the colonel. Love and discipline uh, came hand in hand with Dad. That's what I was going to ask you. Tell me a little bit about uh, your dad and growing up with um, a fishing game officer, a, an Army officer, and and what that what that led to you in terms of your connection to the, the natural world around you as well? Well, what that looked like day to day there at home, he was very much accustomed to being in charge. So when he came through the door, mother would always remind him that the orders stop here. And so <laughs> he, he coined mother as the Pentagon, and uh, obviously I agreed. So whether we were working around home, Brett, uh, in the field hunting or occasionally on the water, dad instilled not only a passion for the natural world, but also a deep-seated commitment, and I'll say an obligation, to be a good steward of what God has entrusted us with. So out in public, I fondly recall instances where someone would ask Dad about 
pond management or ask him about the river condition, and I would give close attention to every detail because I could envision myself um, being just like Daddy. Back in that day with the Game and Fish Commission, when Dad started in 1967, you actually worked both sides of the agency, uh, law enforcement and fisheries management. So with that being said, Dad was truly my hero, and I'll never be the godly example that he demonstrated in each step of life, but I do strive to please God and make my parents smile in the way I conduct myself, both personally and professionally. Was part of that growing up with him and seeing him as that example, was that, did, did he instill that interest in water and the environment as well? Or was it more of a, I want to be like the colonel, um, and so I better pay close attention. You said that you were paying close attention. Was that the reason why, or independently, fond of I know I mean you had no choice but you're you live outside here yes to both Brett we're so blessed with the resources that we have here in the panhandle and so I had a passion for everything outdoors from an early age but also as you stated um, I saw the success of the colonel of dad and obviously I wanted to be just like dad and so because of that you, because of that example, service is really, public service has really been uh, an integral part of your life. Was that something that your parents encouraged in you, or did that sink in? And I know I'm, I'm asking two similar questions, but they're, they're distinct in the way of your interest in the natural world, and the other part is your interest in public service, because you've been in public service for 30 years now, right? Absolutely. My service stemmed from the Christian service values and foundation that both mom and dad demonstrated. Uh, they were very much godly parents. And so that, that level of service, that expectation, that was, that was where that stemmed. I often describe the job of county administrator, city manager, as the worst jobs in government. Uh, Sometimes I get a quiet nod and sometimes I just get a laugh from some. You spent yourself a tour as the Walton County Administrator. Uh, I assume that you can attest to the fact that it is not the best job in government? Yes, Brett. You'll probably get both a laugh and a nod from me when we talk about the county administrator role. So I, I will substitute worst job with most challenging because politics and personalities and preferences can be very demanding and at times overwhelming. However, that role was a very fulfilling job as well. We were able to see immediate positive impacts in the lives of those that we served and loved. And so with that being said, whether it was health, welfare, or safety, it was fulfilling to see those projects come to fruition. To tangent a little bit, that's been a, a, a stream that you've maintained, I think, throughout your, your public service career. A lot of times it seems that folks get into uh, public service and often you don't get to see the, the end product. Um, you're governing, but, but it doesn't feel like you're, you're doing something tangible. And so... 
that must be a good feeling. I know, I know it has been for me in, in the times when I got to enjoy roles that actually produce something tangible. Is that something that you've looked for from the Walton County administration to DOT to DEP to the water management district is it seems like all of those um, lend themselves to that, that kind of tangible end product. Each of those positions of service lend to that. And when we see the lives of those, once again, that we live around, that we are uh, related to, and the folks that we love, when we see those lives impacted in a positive way, and we can see those projects in place, that is a blessing. I want to get to the ones because you and I, obviously you and I have uh, shared history at the Water Management District and quite a bit of it. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to pause because I, I, the one place where I don't know much about what you did was when you went to DEP. And that was in the Panama City office. Sean Hamilton was the director of the Northwest Florida office for DEP um, during that exact same time. Um, what did your role entail out of the, the Panama City office there? When you and I met around Christmas of 2016, my current role was administrator for both Panama City and Tallahassee for DEP Northwest District. Sean Hamilton served as the Northwest District Director. Now, we're blessed, Secretary Hamilton. And so, my focus was the regulated community and compliance, but also heavy on the outreach side. I remember a specific conversation that Sean and I had, and he requested that I look at strengthening existing relationships, repairing broken relationships, and creating new relationships within the panhandle. Uh, when I met you, and it was, first we had a conversation on the phone that I recall, uh, and then you came in, and I think I knew within... You were having lunch. You were having Christmas lunch that day, <laughs> and I came in, and you and I sat there in the office and had a brief conversation. Yeah. And, and you said, hey, um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I knew within... 45 seconds of talking to you that um that we needed to work together and so uh that was probably one of the easiest decisions that I've ever made you've been a blessing to me brett let's move from dep and now you've come you've, you've agreed to come to work at the district you're hired as the the director of the division of regulatory services quickly move you to chief of staff because i can't live without you and now the executive director. Now, I already know the answer to this question, but share with our listeners what your general management philosophy has been because that's why I liked you to begin with. Brett, you and I have worked together and we agree upon that leadership style and that is that of a servant leader. And when I say that, what comes to mind is active listening and awareness and commitment to growth and community building all on a solid foundation of integrity and respect of those that we serve. I am committed to demonstrating genuine love, care, and concern to one of the most appreciable assets we have, and that's our team members. That's the men and women out there each day doing the job. And you have, what, about 110 
right? Do we still are we still right yes, around sir. there? Okay. Yes, sir. We have around 110 folks to manage the 16 counties, and I'm committed to them. I'm committed to the resource. They are by far the brightest and the best. I've said that many times. I surround myself with the the best of the best, and courage and faith are my core values, as you well know. Being clear is kind. I subscribe to addressing whatever the issue is directly. However, doing so in a courteous and respectful and professional way. I've said before, a soft front and a strong back, and that helps you to deal with the difficult issues, whatever they may be, to face those awkward and uncomfortable situations and conversations with focus. Let's talk about that a bit. It's one of the reasons why I why I think that folks in Northwest Florida are lucky to have you and, and that you're lucky to have those 110 folks. Cause you have a, you have a place that's unique that you have a 110 folks pulling in the same direction that care about the same thing. You have, you know, a phenomenal board, but some people believe that government's relationship to the regulated community. Cause in the end, part of what you have to do is still has a, a, a pretty significant regulatory function. But a lot of people believe that that relationship should be, by its very nature, adversarial. Why do you disagree with that? You you explain who you are, and that, and I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, but but how do you see your relationship with the you know your responsibility to the law, but also to service? Brett, I disagree with that because success and solutions stem from positive relationships. And yes, we're going to hold true to the integrity, to the intent of the rule, but we're also going to invest in the lives of those that we serve, and we're going to be solution-oriented. Let's move, let's move forward to a bit to some of the most difficult moments that, um, that we had together at the Water Management District and that you are still dealing with uh, in the moment. Um, Let's go back in time. October 10th, 2018, Hurricane Michael comes and slams dead smack into the panhandle. Um, It leveled everything in its path. Tens of thousands of acres of district-owned and district-managed property. Uh, I was driving through there. You and I were just talking before. We started recording about camping um, last weekend. Uh, Pointing out to my daughter at still the the broken matchsticks of of trees strewn throughout um this area that's always going to be with us it seems but tell me about some of the progress you've made in recovering the district's part of the of these lands in this region you did it you did it so well uh in front of legislative uh, uh in front of the legislature in, in the in the last few weeks Tell us a little bit about that progress. Brett, on October the 10th of 2018, Hurricane Michael impacted 87,130 acres of district land. That's 41% of our holdings here in the Panhandle. As you stated, the overstory was decimated. The district worked closely with DEP and DEM to analyze the effects on floodplain changes and to identify debris removal for the waterways of the Panhandle. During the past physical year, the district conducted hurricane debris cleanup on 
1,800 acres. And I'm talking about in Econfina Creek, Chipola River, Apalachicola River, and we've repaired 12 miles of management roads. We've conducted just over 12,000 acres of prescribed burning. The district continues to remove hurricane debris uh, from our impacted areas. In this current fiscal year, we've cleaned up 1,500 acres. The district also plans to the district also plans to plant at least 550,000 longleaf pine trees on 750 acres during this fiscal year. And a total of 5,400 acres are scheduled for prescribed fire to restore habitats to pre-hurricane conditions. I am thankful to an amazing governor that is committed to and demonstrated what response and recovery looks like. As you and I have agreed upon and discussed many times, we have a passionate group of men and women that are committed to these efforts. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me uh, sidetrack you a bit from the hurricane itself. It's a subset of that. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize how many trees, whether it's from Hurricane Michael, but even in general, as part of your restoration strategy at the district. That includes a lot of land management activities. One of those things includes planting of trees. And the district plants about, I think on average, about a million pine trees a year. Is that, st- is that still correct? That is correct. And last year we made the milestone of our 20th million longleaf. Wow. It's, it's, in, it's incredible. Um, the, the things that... Uh, that that's the small dedicated group can can accomplish under these under these circumstances and and but it also speaks to the support that you've gotten and you mentioned that you know from the governor to the secretary to um, to the legislature um, I don't recall someone ever saying no when the district asked for help and so that's been huge absolutely everyone has been very cooperative and moving forward we plan to finish these recovery efforts a year early while we're sitting unplanned but you and i uh met in the jackson county administration office and the conference room i've sat in many times that you sat in many times meeting with uh members of the jackson county commission meeting with their extremely talented County Administrator Will Ann Daniels. Uh, and it's fitting because I wanted to talk a little bit about Springs Restoration, Springs Protection. It's been a priority of the district. It's been a significant priority of the district and its board for many years, g- going back well over well over a decade. Tell me about the progress that's been made in those landmark resources like Wakulla we'll Spring, like Jackson Blue here. Here in Jackson County with with Jackson Blue, to begin with, we've implemented 33 agriculture BMP projects on over 7,500 irrigated acres. And since 2013, we've had 144 projects that's been implemented with 83 unique producers. And of the 144 projects, 138 of them have been completed on 70,000 acres. 
and that nitrate reduction is estimated to be over 225,000 pounds of total nitrogen. And so that is a success story by far. And that's a year, right? We're talking... That is annually. Right. Uh, serious numbers. Serious numbers. You mentioned Wakulla Springs. Awesome resource. Those nitrate levels in Wakulla Springs continue to be near the TMDL of 0.35 milligrams per liter. 791 home connections to central sewer have been completed to date. And another 1,200 home connections to central sewer is planned. We've connected 13 homes to advanced septic systems in those low-density areas. It's not serviced by central sewer. And another 107 are planned. We've completed 43 home connections to advanced septic systems to date. We've got a great partnership with Wakulla County. Yeah, and you say the word partnership. That was one of the things that... that I wanted to ask you, it's something that I've, um, that I've relied on, uh, in years past, but it seems like the ability to develop genuine partnerships has been one of the keys to real progress that, that we've had over the years. I believe that's still the case. You mentioned David Edwards, Wakulla County, they're phenomenal commissioners down there. Uh, and a phenomenal county administrator that are real partners. Will Ann Daniels, the Jackson County Commission, uh, working on these projects, the local farmers, uh, incredible, incredible partners. You have, uh, I think, is it right? It's, I imagine it's probably maybe close to, maybe even be more than 90% of every irrigated acre. Those kinds of partnerships, these real partnerships with with the folks that that you're working with, is the key to the the actual progress that you're seeing in, uh, you know, in these two significant uh, natural resources, right? I mean, do you agree? With springs protection, we see the st- the st- statistics that we've spoken about all are success stories. Absolutely, I want to change our focus for a moment and look at the regulated community. Let's look at let's look at permitting. For over 10 years, our permitting staff, and this is a result, all of what I'm describing is a result of these partnerships, Brett, has been focused on improving efficiency and customer service. And when I say customer service, talking about pre-application meetings and outreach. And as a result, the the permit processing times have been reduced up to 93%. And when I say that, this limits the funds that's spent on the agency and increases funds to be spent on communities for economic development. And to give an example, Brett, with our consumptive use permitting, the active processing time, the goal is fewer than 27 days, and our team here at the district has an annualized median of three days. And some people think that because of those numbers, the numbers are incredible, and that you know, and they've moved in that direction for for years. Uh, some people might look at that and assume that that means that you're cutting corners. Um, that's not the case, is it? We are by no means cutting corners. We're keeping with the intent and the integrity of the rule, while clearly under while clearly understanding who we serve. And that's the taxpayers. That's the constituents. We're looking for a solution. 
Uh, oh, I, absolutely. I, I, I think I used to describe it as you can't, you can't do this. They, those dedicated engineers, environmental scientists, support staff, it's impossible to do that. And, and those time metrics, if they don't want to, they ha- you have to want to, and they, and they do, they're, they're real public servants. And as, as you said, it's like they, they, you know, they get up in the morning thinking about, uh, serving and, and boy, do they, they boy, do they do that? It's a, it's a, it's something else. You, uh, you're a lucky man. It's a way that you and I worded it from the beginning, Brett, but it's the way they're hardwired and they are passionate about what they do. Lau, what professional accomplishment are you most proud of at this point? Is there is there an accomplishment there that you're most proud of? Is it is it the the service end in terms of regulatory services? Brett, I don't want to be too elementary or just sound like I'm brushing the question off, but it's the impact that I've made in the lives of our Northwest District team and also holding true to um, the resource that we protect and preserve. But it's not a single event or a title. When I think back on that, it's more of an aha moment. And that actually came when I was county administrator. One evening, we were having a public meeting down at Choctaw Beach, west of Freeport on State Road 20. The girls decided to make their way down with me. And when I say girls, I'm talking about my wife and, and daughters. And what was in it for them was probably a meal and for, and for Taylor, the youngest, another trip to build a bear. And so as, we, as I fielded the questions that, that evening and the meeting was loud and long, we had a questionnaire that we passed out to the public at most of our meetings. And the question started with, what do you like most about the county? Taylor, then in elementary school, picked up the questionnaire and wrote only filled in the first two blanks. What do you like most about the county? And she said the administrator, Lyle Siegler. Why do you value that about the county? Or in this case, person. And she said, because he listens and cares. And Brett, that was an aha moment. So that was, that was me stopping and realizing that, hey, it's about investing in, caring about, loving, supporting our team well if i'm being honest you're my favorite part of of walton county as well so are you optimistic about the future of the environment in florida you know i'm optimistic about the future of the florida environment i'm optimistic brett because i know the talent the heart and the resilience of our people and i see the commitment to be great stewards i wholeheartedly believe and support our governor his policy, and his leadership for the environment. So that's the core of my optimism. What, if anything, keeps you up at night regarding water and natural systems in in northwest Florida? I give each day my all, so nothing keeps me up thanks to chewable melatonin. With that being said, I want to continue to work hard on these partnerships because being relational and being committed is what sets us apart. What advice would you give to young people or just entering or have interest in entering public service? Was it that? Was it the 
the service? I mean, it, it's got to be about that. Well, when it comes to public service, you need to have a clear understanding and awareness of who you serve, the constituents, the taxpayers, first and foremost. And yes, you need to be courteous and respectful and professional, like I said before, but you also need to be consistent. You need to be predictable. You need to be reliable and give it your whole heart. Commit without question. Lyle, how can folks reach you if they want to learn more about what you're up to and how you can help them? Brett, I'm a low-tech guy, so my preference would be you, you reach me by phone at 850-333-2117. The email is lyle.siegler, S-E-I-G-L-E-R, at nwfwater.com. And I'll put all of those with the exception of your phone number uh, on the uh, episode notes so people can people can check it out there. Uh, there's also a lot of great interactive things on the website, uh, thanks to you and, and your folks over there at the district uh, to see about uh, hurricane re- uh, recovery, spring restoration, uh, all those things. Lyle Siegler, thanks so much for coming on the show, brother. Thank you, brother, for having me. A huge thank you once again to Lyle Siegler for being here. You've been listening to the Water for Fighting podcast. You can reach me at flwaterpod at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at flwaterpod with your comments and suggestions for who and or what you'd like to know more about. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Production of this podcast is by Lonely Fox Studios. Thanks to Carl Soren for making the best of what he had to work with and to David Barfield for the amazing graphics and technical assistance. A very special thank you goes out to Bo Spring from the Bo Spring Band for giving permission to use his music for the podcast. The song is called Doing Work for Free, and you should check out the band live or wherever great music is sold. I'm your host, Brett Cyphers. Join me next time for another conversation with someone who has helped shape water policy in the Sunshine State. Until then, keep your whiskey close and your water closer. Water closer.